I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. California's public school population has dipped below 6 million students for the first time in over a decade. That's according to new annual count data that the California Department of Education released on Monday. And what it means is that public schools are facing a deepening budget crisis. Funding is based on attendance, and student enrollment has been in steady decline. This marks the fifth straight year that the public school population has shrunk, and experts say that trend is only going to accelerate in the years to come. There are a number of factors. The pandemic, a declining birth rate in the state, housing unaffordability. But for now, there's no immediate solution. And that has school districts worried. On average, the state allocates about $10,000 per student to districts, so enrollment declines can mean severe budget cuts, school closures, long-term financial instability, and in the worst cases, even state takeovers of districts. Declines are happening in the vast majority of schools across the Bay Area, so what does this mean for families? Chronicle education reporter Jill Tucker joins me to dive into the latest data. She'll explain why districts are losing their public school student populations and how the state might address their financial losses. Jill, thanks for joining Fifth Emission. Sure. My pleasure. So, Jill, a decrease of 110,000 students in California public schools, that's a really big loss for the state. Is there a clear explanation for why this is happening? This is the fifth straight year of enrollment decline. Yeah, they the state has been losing students pretty much, you know, over for five years straight. And then even before that, there was a couple little blips, but there were enrollment declines before that as well. And and I think, you know, going back, I think we're seeing a demographic shift in terms of people moving out of California or families moving out of California. But also um, one of the primary reasons is a a much lower birth rate in California. Mm -hmm. And we've been seeing that dropping for well over a decade. So I think, you know, before the pandemic, that is one of the good explanations for the the loss of students, one of them. And then, of course, the pandemic has just accelerated it. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that in local districts as well as districts across the state. And is the trend of declining enrollment happening across all grade levels, or are we seeing bigger drops for particular grades? Yeah, you know, so last year, the big drops were in kindergarten, and that kind of made sense for the previous year when there was distance learning that maybe parents weren't going to put their kids in kindergarten, Mm -hmm. um, which is not mandatory. Um, Wait for a year until schools reopened. Um, This year, we're seeing it in first and fourth and ninth, and so it kind of seems a little bit random. Mm. I don't know that the state has broad explanations for it. I mean, ultimately, we're seeing it across the board. It's just uh, in certain grades, it's a little bigger. And in, and with certain races, it's a little bit bigger. We're seeing more white students and more African-American students, the loss of enrollment in those areas as well. Mm-hmm. And do we know where the students are going? Are they being homeschooled or have they moved to private schools or is it across the board? It's D, all of the above. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, I mean, I think we, we definitely are seeing them go to private schools. We have a lot of anecdotal evidence and evidence just looking at private school enrollments, but also homeschooling and also a lot of families moving out of state during the pandemic or, or just because of California's cost of living. I think the pandemic fueled some of that as well, given job uncertainty and other types of things. It was an opportunity for people to move to relocate, to start fresh, if you will. 
And, um, you know, so we've been seeing some evidence of that as well. And your story points out that the trend of enrollment declines is only going to get worse. What will school districts have to grapple with now? Yeah, we're definitely um, seeing, you know, the lower birth rate continue. And um, I think they're they're looking on the horizon and seeing that, you know, in general, many districts are going to continue to lose students. And, and, and that could be a significant financial hit. Districts are, are currently funded based on enrollment and average daily attendance, right? Those two are kind of go hand in hand. And, and in general, on average, it's a, it's a little more than $10,000, give or take, uh, depending on the district per student, you know, so you, you start losing a thousand students, you know, you're, you're talking $10 million, right? So it, it, it then just goes up from there. So districts like San Francisco, which lost about 2,500 students uh, this year, that's a could be a huge budget hit. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the state uh, state law is kind of keeping the funding level the same because they don't want districts punished uh, financially because of the pandemic. They're they're trying to keep them whole as they sort of pull out of all the uh, difficulties of distance learning and helping kids recover from that. But they're trying to figure out what they're going to do next year. So so lawmakers in Sacramento are debating, you know, how do we help districts ease into these lower enrollments? And so they're talking about a three-year average, or they're talking about funding based on purely on enrollment and not on attendance, mm. which would mean they wouldn't lose money when kids aren't in school. Mm-hmm. And, and so that would increase funding pretty substantially. The question with that is, do they have enough money at the state to fund that increase without taking away from other things? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of debate about how they soften this blow but the reality is uh, it, it's going to keep pounding as the years come. And, and I think districts like Oakland and San Francisco and across the Bay Area, really, there's only a couple districts like Dublin and maybe Fremont that aren't seeing losses of students um, that are still seeing either some gains or, or static. And smaller school districts are going to feel this the hardest, right? They're the, they're the ones that are really going to feel the burden of this financial loss the most. You know, I think it really depends. I mean, I will say, you know, right now, San Francisco and Oakland, where they're losing a lot of students, they already have financial difficulties. They're already facing budget shortfalls. So you add increased loss of students and a lower amount of money um, from the state, and they're going to have a really tough time. But to be sure, very small districts, even losing 300 students, if you only have 2,500, for example, like Piedmont Unified, that's a big hit. Mm-hmm. You don't have a lot of money to play with. And it's when you only have three or four schools in the district, how can you even close one, right? right. You know, at, at, as state officials note, you know, a lot of times it's not like they all, all leave one school. So you could just say, okay, well, we'll close that school and all the teachers will, you know, no longer work there. You know, it's 10 from this school, 15 from that school. It, it's very difficult to reduce your budget to align with the number of kids that are leaving. Right. Mm-hmm. And we've had you on the show in the past to talk about the budget issues that different school districts are facing. And there's obviously big, larger state trends happening, but there's also the issue of like district management. And the worst outcome that people have talked about is if a state takes over a district. Are those conversations becoming more serious now? 
You know, yes, in some districts, they definitely are. So West Contra Costa, for example, just got uh, designated as having a lack of going concern, which is a really wonky accounting term. That means, you know, it's pretty scary and we think you might not be able to pay your bills. So the county is basically putting this designation on them that triggers a bunch of different types of oversights and actions that have to be taken to make sure that the district and the school board are under pressure to address those shortfalls. So Oakland had that same designation. It was recently removed, but the district still has what they call a qualified budget, which means they don't know if they can pay their bills over the next couple few years. So really when you're looking at um, you know, declining enrollment piling on top of that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lack of knowledge of what, what the state is going to do, how much money is going to come from the state. And so there's a lot of question marks for these districts trying to juggle balancing their budgets, trying to figure out staffing and trying to figure out what the state is going to do. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Many districts were hoping that students would return this school year because there were school closures, other reasons to pull students out of the classroom. But the numbers are showing that enrollment is dropping at faster rates than before the pandemic. So is this shining a light on an overall mistrust that parents or families might have of district management? Well, in San Francisco, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, Maybe some other districts as well. Um, But, you know, this is they're really seeing this statewide. So I, I think to a certain degree, what I'm hearing from parents, they made a decision during the pandemic because of the pandemic. So maybe they saw their student mm-hmm. falling behind, so they pulled them out to homeschool. Or maybe they got frustrated that San Francisco schools were not reopening and private schools were, so they transferred them to a private school. And and what I'm hearing from them is that, um, you know, it worked out well for them, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of them, at, that they're happy, that their children are thriving. And, you know, one one mom who's homeschooling said her her second grade son was reading barely end of kindergarten levels, way behind. And so she decided instead of sending him to a classroom where the teacher said they're all behind, mm-hmm. the mom just decided to homeschool. And the both of her kids, a, a second grader and fourth grader, are loving it. They're caught up on grade level and they don't want to go back. And the mom basically says, you know, I, I can't see any reason to send them back. You know, there are still some that are choosing distance learning as well or independent study because they still have concerns about the virus and pan- and exposure at school mm-hmm. and are choosing to do online options or distance learning. So there's a lot of complicating factors, but in general, it, it, it none of it looks good for school districts in terms of enrollment. Yeah. And I remember having you on where we talked about the fact that School districts are now having to hire marketing firms and consultants to just help spread the message that their school district is still a good option for families. Will we be seeing more of that, you think? Yes, I think um, there are increasing efforts to convince families that, you know, the public schools are a good option. They're they're reaching out. They're doing community engagement. They're holding 
enrollment fairs in various communities or opening offices like in San Francisco in Visitation Valley or other areas of the city where the families are so that they can actually show up, fill out their application and turn it in. But even small districts like Piedmont Unified, they basically were were advertising for inter-district transfers, which means they're, they're asking people that live in other districts to consider transferring into the Piedmont School District to attend school. Mm. And they're doing that, they say, in part to diversify the schools, which are majority white, but also to boost enrollment. Mm-hmm. So it's a rough road for districts that that are typically seen as exclusive because of the cost of living in that community. But they're opening it up saying, come one, come all, because we have a lot of seats. Mm-hmm. So if there isn't just one clear answer as to why so many students are leaving, can there be a fix? You mentioned some of the options that the state is considering, but what can be done now? Well, I think what most people are looking at is not trying to figure out a way to boost enrollment or get people to have more children. <laughs> you know, what they're what they're really trying to do is navigate the um, financial fallout and try to figure out a way to ensure that districts don't go bankrupt, that they can navigate the loss of students, um, knowing that, you know, you can't just immediately close schools or lay people off or whatever. So, for example, the the state this year was about 1.8% of of, uh, decline. Um, For other districts, it was closer to 5%, like in San Francisco. So, um, you know, if you're looking at that type of decline each year, you know, it's going to take some time for them to adjust or what they call right size the school district in terms of staffing and support services and and buildings and all of those things. And of course, nobody wants their school closed. Oakland, Hayward and other district, Alum Rock in, in uh, San Jose have all voted to close some schools and, and it's devastating to the community. That is the last resort. I mean, it's possible, you know, when you see recessions or you see um, economic declines and job losses and things like that, you know, you might see people coming back to the public schools rather than paying private. But I don't anticipate that we'll see like a big surge back into the public schools anytime soon. Yeah. And I would anticipate we'd see a lot more emotionally charged community discussions in our future. Yes, in my future, definitely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jill, appreciate your coverage as always. Thank you for talking to me. Oh, thank you. Jill Tucker covers education for The Chronicle, her reporting, including her most recent story about California's declining public school enrollment, is online now at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for editing this episode and to you for listening.